Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Monday, January something. I think the 6th. It's late at night. Uh, it's like 5 o'clock. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I recorded this morning. It's been a weird day. Uh, this is Ask Zach, episode 5. And you might ask, what is Ask Zach and how does Ask Zach work? Well, we're reading questions from Patreon supporters. And the way you submit a question is you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want. Please do it. Literally pays my bills. It pays my rent. The reason we're sitting in this room today is because of Patreon. Um, and once a week, I pick the top couple questions and answer them on a full episode called Ask Zach. That is what this is. Now, if you donate money a month, I do not guarantee to read your question. All I guarantee, my only guarantee is I do look at every single question with my eyeballs and I pick the top couple, the most interesting to answer on the show. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, I want to be, give a, just a, a blanket message real quick. Um, I really struggle with patience. It's like a, something, I, I like want to make it all, I want to make everything right away. And at the beginning of the week, I made a to-do list and I said, I want to make Ask Zach, I want to do this, I want to do that. So I want to be very clear. Look, we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy and the, the Dallas Cowboys hiring him and what that means. I'm still ingesting what that means and, my, you know, kind of figuring out my feelings on that. I'm in no hurry to get that out, you know, between the announcement, and by the time I record that, probably tomorrow, nothing's going to change other than my evolution of my opinion and how I feel about it. It's probably going to progress a little bit and get a little bit wiser, and I'm in no hurry to get that segment out. Um, I have a film analysis video I'm working on about a rookie quarterback that I can't wait to share. Um, I have another a, co- a college quarterback film analysis coming. That's going to be awesome. I'm halfway done with that. I, I, my point of this, what I'm, this little short rant I'm trying to go on is that... Um, I ask you to be patient with me. Like, I, 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 there's good stuff coming. You're going to enjoy the stuff I'm making. I promise. I can't wait. Um, and if you don't want to listen to Ask Zach, no problem. This is for the people that support me on Patreon. Um, I, don't, I don't expect this episode to get a lot of views. I don't, I don't make this episode for views. I make this episode because of Patreon, and I love it. Patreon is one of my favorite communities. It's really my favorite internet community in the world because it's people that love what I do and want to talk to me and we have fun conversations and I, they make, I had a guy make a funny video because I, I talked about God of War in the last Ask Zach and he made his own lightsaber God of War video and I watched it. It was just cool. I don't even know how to... I'm, go, I'm rambling now. None of this makes sense. But my point is that I love Patreon. It's my favorite thing. I love that they support me there. Um, and uh, I just know that other content's coming later this week and I, I know how hungry people are for film analysis videos. It's been the playoffs. We had bowl season. We had a lot going on. It's stuff is coming, and I just ask you to be patient with me. I, I went through a breakup. I went through a lot, and I, um, good stuff is ahead. I want to start with the first question. Actually, before we get into the first question, did anybody see the video of Gardner Minshew? If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. There's a video of Gardner Minshew where he explains that he's about to go on a, oh my gosh, a road trip in an RV across the country from Jacksonville, Florida to LA. That's what he's going to do with part of his offseason. Like, all right, man, whatever. He's going to, I guess, who knows how long he's going to take? Two weeks, three weeks? I have no idea. Um, I have two opinions on this, first of all. Uh, and this, was, this is impromptu. I, I just was like, hey, I saw this video. I want to talk about it real quick. Um, number one is that I don't think that Tom Brady would do this. I think Tom Brady is so laser focused. He would just, he's going to work. Like, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady started working out today, like Monday after losing. He's like, let's go back to the drawing board. I got work to do. I'm going to whatever team I'm going to next and doing my thing. Uh, Gardner Minshew is not Tom Brady. And I don't have the same expectations from Tom Brady. However, I will say, if this crazy trip come, turns into something over the top, it could cause problems and create questions about Gardner Minshew. If he plays badly next year, and this you know, road trip seems like a gigantic party, whatever, 
it could get, cause them problems. I don't think it will, though. And you know, really, the truth is that Gardner Minshew doing a road trip across the country is exactly why I love him so much. It's, you know, he's, he's found the perfect balance between working hard and being ready for the moment and playing well on the field and enjoying the journey. And I think I look at Gardner Minshew, who's, I think he's 24, 23 years old. He's got a lot of money. Uh, not a ton, less than you'd think because he was a six-round draft pick. But he's got a lot of money for the first time in his life. He bought an RV. He's going to go across the country. He's going to hang out with people, connect with fans. Um, I think he's going to have the experience of a lifetime. And I think it's really cool. I just wanted to share my thoughts about that Gardner Minshew road trip. A lot of people are like, what the heck? And so either people love it or they hate it. And it's polarizing. That's who he is. Uh, I tend to, despite the fact that I'm kind of a, um, a workaholic and I really admire people like Tom Brady's work ethic and the fact that they seem to never, ever stop working, um, I got to acknowledge and respect the fact that Gardner Minshew knows when to take a break and I think he'll be okay not playing football for three weeks and going a month or however long it is to drive from Jacksonville, Florida to LA in an RV and hang out and meet fans. Um, that sounds like fun. And so good for him. The first question of the day is from Richard. If I can find it, it's in my phone somewhere. I started using a Google Docs because it's easier. Um, the first question of the day comes from Richard. Richard writes in and he says, Hey, Zach, huge fan of your podcast. And I have a question. I am an Arizona Cardinals fan. And I want to know what you think of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray after their first season together. I was also wondering what you think Kyler's ceiling as a quarterback is. I have been very impressed so far, and I am hopeful that for the future. But I want to know if you think Kyler can truly be a force in the league the way Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes has been. Um, look, Richard, I think you want a film analysis video of Kyler Murray, and I promise you that's coming. Uh, we, you know, we got a long way to get there. We have a long offseason ahead of us. We have... We got to get through the play, you know, the Super Bowl, then the NFL draft. There's a lot of stuff, but at some point, I'm going to do a Kyler Murray film analysis video. I cannot wait to do it to talk about his progress as a rookie and how he played and what to take away from it. We'll do that at some point. Um, in this seg- segment, I'm just going to share my first impression of Kyler Murray, which is overwhelmingly positive. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals went 5-10-1 and this year, and it wasn't perfect at all, but we saw progress from the Cardinals, and we saw a team getting better. And really the point is that the Cardinals are at this, they have built a solid foundation and they're at a really good starting point. The head coach, Kiff Kingsbury, was his first year coaching in the NFL. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray's a rookie. I really like what they're doing and I think it's also really obvious. It was obvious in college. It's obvious in the NFL. Kyler Murray is incredibly, incredibly talented as a quarterback. I mean, I was talking about um, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and I would even throw Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the mix, where those four guys, about every, really every single game, make a play or two, sometimes three, where I go, oh, wow. I don't know of anybody else that can do that play, because physically, that's, you're just different. Um, and I guess the same could be said for guys like Josh Allen has a couple times where he'll run over a guy on fourth and one. Now, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want a quarterback to do what Josh Allen does, because he just runs people over, and that kind of scares me. But Kyler Murray has a similar trait where about once, twice a game you go, oh, that's a run or that's an escape or that's even sometimes even a throw because his arm is incredible, where you go, oh, I don't think anybody else in the league, maybe other than Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Patrick Holmes, could do that. And I don't even think it's fair to compare them because Lamar Jackson does stuff that Russell Wilson can't do. He's faster, he's twitchier. Uh, Russell Wilson can escape pressure better. He's better at escaping and sliding. I mean, they all have their own unique traits. And Lamar, ja- I, excuse me, Kyler Murray has a really particular set of skills where he's great. He's so good at avoiding getting hit. His arm strength is phenomenal. He's incredibly accurate. Um, he does things. He's his own unique quarterback, and I love what he's doing. Um, 
not many guys can do what he does. Now, um, currently, I, I greatly, I, I really have a good first impression about Kyler Murray. I like him. I feel good about him. Um, I'm excited to watch and look at the film and dive into what happened and what the film says about him. But he has a great foundation to build off of. I like what he's doing. He's developing as a decision maker. And his arm, I mean, look, people think he's small, so that means he doesn't have a great arm. Kyler Murray has one of the better arms in the NFL. And what he does with his size, generating force with his his core and his arm and his legs, Kyler Murray's mechanics are phenomenal, and that's why his arm is so strong, so powerful, and so accurate. Okay, Seb writes in. Seb says, Hi, Zach. After the reveal of the 10 quarterbacks to make the NFL Top 100 team, who do you think is the biggest snub? Personally, I think it was a crime for Drew Brees not to make it in, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the great content, Seb, from the UK. Man, what's that guy from Buffalo? What's his name? Um, you know, oh, I can't remember his name. There's a quarterback right now, Nathan Peterman. Why is it Nathan Peterman? I'm kidding. Come on. Of course, Nathan Peterman. Um, is, was Drew Brees snubbed? That's the question. Was Drew Brees snubbed from the NFL Top 100 list? Uh, here, you know, first of all, I don't even care at all about the NFL Top 100 list. It, it just is like, so the NFL Top 100 team is these, the top 100 players all time in the NFL. I don't even know who ranks them or who picks them. It could be literally anybody. Somebody made a list and it's a thing. Um, and 10 quarterbacks were named to that list. The 10 quarterbacks are Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas, who played in the 1950s, Otto Graham, who played starting in the 1940s, Sammy Baugh, who played starting in the 1930s, Peyton Manning, Roger Staubach, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, and John Elway. Those are the 10 quarterbacks. So did Drew Brees get snubbed? Yeah, probably. I mean, um, but also, how do you compare Drew Brees to quarterbacks from the 30s, 40s, and 50s? I have no idea. It makes no sense. That's why these lists are dumb. I, I, I have never heard of Sammy. I, I'm embarrassed to admit this. But I wish I, I... I really consider myself a, a football historian. I love the history of the game. I know probably more people and quarterbacks and colleges of quarterbacks. And I know far more about this football, about the game of football than I think most people walking around in America. I have no idea who Sammy Baugh is. I don't... Never heard of that guy. No idea who he is. He could be great. Could be off. I, I just don't even know. Don't even care, really. Um, the NFL is a completely different game today than it was 100 years ago when the league began. I mean, was it 50, 100 years? Is it 100 years old, 50 years? I think it's 100 years old, the NFL is. I don't care. I, like, the list is silly. It's a different game today. I don't know how you... Like, the entire NFL Top 100 list is just for marketing and for um, silliness, and so you can post on social media, this guy made it, this guy made it. It's all about driving interest and driving hype, and um, I just don't care. I don't. Uh, people keep asking me to make my own Top 100 list, and I go... Oh, what? <laughs> First of all, I don't know how the heck I could ever compare 100 years worth of football players and pick 100 out of those. How many, how many players play every year? Pick 100 out of 100 seasons? No way. I'm not. Nope. I'm good. Don't even want to go there. I, I couldn't do it justice. And even if I could, like, you know how much work that would be? It would take me an entire year, probably, to make a list of the top 100 players and really, like, to watch the film and dive into, like, dude, I, no way. Not, not doing that. I have no interest. Um... I'm one of those guys, I either go all in or I don't, and I, I couldn't, just no interest in doing that. Um, I think the NFL Top 100 list is silly. Did Drew Brees get screwed? Probably. Does it matter? I don't know. I don't know how you pick Drew Brees over Sammy Baugh, some guy who played in the 30s. I don't know how you compare even their styles or their gameplay, who had more of an impact. I mean, Drew Brees is the all-time leader in a lot of statistics. 
again, I just go back to it. The NFL top 100 list is silly and dumb, and I don't really care about it. Uh, Caleb writes in, I love this question. Caleb says, if the NFL had a bowl game for two NFL teams that did not make the playoffs, which two teams would you enter? Where and when would you host the bowl game? I love this question. I have two options. Um, you know, first of all, you can either have a good game, like a really close, fun, intense game, or you can have a game with consequences. I would hold this during Pro Bowl weekend. Screw the Pro Bowl. Now, look, this could never happen because how do you pay guys? How do you deal with injuries? How do you deal with head coaches getting fired? Like, it's a logistical nightmare. Nothing like this will ever happen. But it's a fun hypothetical. Let's have it. So there are two options here. You could either have a good game. If you were trying to have a good game with two teams that didn't make the playoffs, I would play the Dolphins against the Arizona Cardinals. The Miami Dolphins, the Arizona Cardinals, two First-year head coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Flores, they both made progress. They both won five games this year. They have completely opposite quarterback situations where Ryan Fitzpatrick is like a, I think a 37-year-old quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I think he's 37. He could be 38. Could be, 30, could be 40 for all I know. He's really old, playing great. He got better as the year went on. And then you have Kyler Murray playing quarterback as a rookie, the Arizona Cardinals. The contrast is fun, but the teams are good. They both got better throughout the year. I was disappointed they didn't play each other. So if you wanted a great game with two teams that didn't make the playoffs, Cardinals, Dolphins, that's a great matchup. It'd be really, really fun to watch that. Now, the other option is to have an NFL bowl game with consequences where the outcome matters and has an impact on something in the future. So then I would take the two teams with the worst records in the NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals are 2-14, and and the Redskins were 3-13. and The winner of the game between the two of them gets the number one overall pick. I love that. We've never seen anything like that. I think it'd be cool. You get rewarded for winning another game. Again, logistical nightmare would never happen. And here's the other sad truth about that is that whether, so that I think the Bengals are going to pick Joe Burrow, the quarterback out of LSU. And I'm pretty sure the Washington Redskins are going to pick Chase Young, the defensive end out of Ohio State. And even if the Redskins picked first and the Bengals picked second, they'd still pick those two players, whether they flipped or not. So it wouldn't actually matter or have an, an impact really sadly. But to have an, a game where winning somehow at the end matters for getting the number one overall pick, I would actually like that. Um, like to discourage tanking a little bit would be cool. I, I have no idea. Just a fun thought. You know, it's, this could never work. It's a horrible, it's just a hypothetical, but it's a fun hypothetical to have. And I'm grateful for the question, Caleb. Okay. Uh, Randy writes in, I love this question. Randy says, if the Giants can't get Chase Young, defensive end at Ohio State, who should they opt to go for? Pretend that everyone else is available. So I don't think the Giants are going to get Chase Young. I think he's going to be gone by the time the Giants pick. So uh, there are a lot of options. The, the obvious like kind of sexy option here is either to draft Jerry Judy, the receiver from Alabama, or C.D. Lamb, the receiver from Oklahoma. Both two receivers I think are going to be studs in the NFL. Um, I think Jerry Judy's better. He's more well-rounded. He's a better route runner. I, I picked Jerry Judy over CeeDee Lamb. But if I was the Giants, I wouldn't even consider a receiver. We saw how Odell Beckham Jr. clearly had a gigantic impact on winning and losing for the Giants. Having a great receiver doesn't matter. Here's what matters. If I'm the Giants, there are two options. Number one, my first option is I'm picking Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia. The Giants have a great young quarterback, Daniel Jones. They also have an incredible, maybe like, you know, all-time kind of talent, Saquon Barkley at running back. Get them help. Invest in the offensive line. The Giants' offensive line was fine. It was kind of middle-of-the-road average. 
invest further on that offensive line. Go get Andrew Thomas to tackle from Georgia. Keep investing. Keep building around these young players. Get them help. Linemen will have a far greater impact than a receiver. Now, the second option you can have is that the Giants could draft Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. He's a beast. I was watching the bowl game between Minnesota and Auburn. Minnesota had to triple team him in order to block and run the football. That's incredible. He took up three players to block Derek Brown. He's a great defensive end. He's a great run stopper. A great defensive tackle, excuse me. A great run stopper. I would prefer the Giants go offensive line, but you can never have too many defensive linemen either. So either draft Derek Brown or Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle or defensive tackle, but go get a lineman. That's how I would make the Giants better. It's boring, but dang, it has a huge impact on Sundays. The next question is from Sydney. Oh, it's a fun one. I love this question. I'm going to drink some water. My mouth is destroyed. I'm so thirsty. Woo. It's a big pull. Um, Sydney writes in. Sydney says, hey, Zach, big fan of your podcast, and I think everyone here truly appreciates the work you put into giving us the best content possible. Thank you, Sydney. It means a lot to me. Just got two questions for you. Who do you think is the most talented quarterback in the upcoming 2020 draft? And are you planning on doing film analysis on every quarterback that you expect to be taken within the first and second round? Absolutely. Uh, right now, the quarterbacks I plan on doing a film analysis for, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason, Tua, uh, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. Those are the five I care about. I'm sure maybe one more will emerge, but right now those are the five quarterbacks I plan on doing film analysis videos about. Now, be very clear. I have to release them all at once because the videos get claimed. I won't make any money off of them, but I think it's fun. I think it's valuable for people that watch the show to learn, oh, here's what we can figure out going into the draft. And it's just a good exercise. It's important to do, even if I don't make any money doing it. Uh, it's valuable because colleges steal. Like the colleges hate the film analysis videos. NFL is more okay with it. College hates it. I won't make any money off of it, but it's still worth it. It's for you guys. It's for me. We get to learn a lot about the players. We'll have a good time. Uh, expect that later, but far later, like March or April before the NFL draft. Now, Sydney, you asked who is the most talented quarterback in the 2020 NFL draft. To me, that quarterback is actually Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. He's the most talented quarterback in the 2020 NFL draft class. Uh, there are a lot of really good quarterbacks in this draft class. I love Joe Burrow. He's phenomenal. He's the most polished and prepared quarterback. His decision-making is great. He's really good at extending plays. And a lot of people, call, I hate the term, but it's true. It's off schedule. Like when things go wrong and break down, he finds a way to turn a bad play or a negative play into a positive play by throwing downfield. Jacob Eason, the quarterback out of Washington, has a gigantic arm. He's incredibly talented. Um, but the unknown guy that my dad, I, here's how I know that Jordan Love is fairly unknown. My dad hasn't heard his name yet. And my dad is like a, he's very, he's great as like a, a litmus test where he's kind of just the average sports fan. He's not super into it, but if he knows things that everybody knows, and that's how I judge whether or not I should tell you guys stuff. Um, Jordan Love is a quarterback out of Utah State. And if you teach him how to play quarterback, he could be literally the best quarterback in the NFL. He's that talented. Um, Talent alone, he's, his physical ability, there's nobody else close to him in this draft class. He's got great mechanics. He throws effortlessly on the run. He's very similar to Patrick Mahomes. And uh, the issue is that he just mentally is not ready. He forces a lot of throws into coverage. He regularly locks into his first read. That's the big problem with Jordan Love. But physical ability, 
to run around, extend plays, throw on the run, throw into weird, I mean, weird positions, throw vertically downfield. Arm strength, accuracy, arm talent, the ability to flip your feet, to run around a little bit. Jordan Love is the most physically gifted quarterback in this draft class, and it's not close. I mean, he's literally like Patrick Mahomes light. He's incredible. Um, he's just not ready yet. But Jordan Love, to be very clear, that if that's a name you don't know yet, you should. He is the most talented quarterback, physically talented quarterback in the 2020 NFL Draft, even more than Jacob Eason, the quarterback out of Washington. Haley writes in, he says, hey man, I have a couple of non-sports related questions in case you're feeling like answering any. Number one, if you were going to write a book, what would it be about? We'll get to the second question in a minute. Uh, if I were to write a book, I'd probably just write about my personal struggles. Uh, my brother died. Um, I've had a lot of pain and rejection in my life. I, it's been weird. I was homeless at one point as a child. Um, I had to transfer. I'd, a lot, like a lot of stuff's gone on. I think, and I've, I've done some stuff. I've done weird jobs. I worked in LA. I worked for ESPN. I worked for Fox Sports. Um, I've done some wild jobs. I've done some other more colorful experiences that I don't think other 22-year-olds have done. Uh, I could write a pretty cool book. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, I actually started a podcast with my dad called the Flawed Humans Podcast, which I think episode one comes out also today. I just finished editing it like uh, last night as I was watching the football game with my dad. Um, it, it's easy to edit. It doesn't take a lot of work. Um, and so if you want to hear what would be like if I were ever to write a book, it would just be the Flawed Humans Podcast in a, on pages. And I think if you are, have any interest in my life or want to hear some, some of the stories and the adventures I have in my life, I think you'd love the Flawed Human Podcast. That was not a, an intentional plug when I picked this question, but yeah, I'd, I'd write about the weird journeys and trials and tribulations of living on planet Earth, and uh, I really try to share that in my content, my personal struggles, whether on, on my, you know, whether it's on my Instagram story or with analogies or this or that. Um, I love sharing the journey. Uh, I have no problem being open about it, and it's really fun to me. Now, the second part of the question he asked is that, this is more silly, he says, if someone was torturing you and trying to break you, what song could they play on repeat to finally make you break? Mine is Your Body is a Wonderland. It's got to be the most cringe, horrible song ever. Just the intro alone would have me telling all the secrets just to make it stop. Loving the show and my shirt. My shirts are both amazing. That's great, man. I'm glad you like the sh I'm so proud of the shirts we made. I'm literally wearing one under... I wear the Strong Opinion Sports shirts all the time. They're the greatest things in the world. I love them so much. I'm so proud of the shirts we made. They're so well made. Um, and I, I, I just, the, the, I'm really proud of the quality. T-shirt Dave took care of us. Um, the question for me, I don't think you'd have to play it on repeat. Like I, I know there are songs I couldn't think of any. I just know that right now the song I can't listen to is Good Things Fall Apart by John Bellion. John Bellion's my favorite artist. That's a song with a really special meaning to me. Um, I can't even listen to it once right now. It's just too painful. I went through a breakup recently. It's really, really rough. Um, so on repeat, that song would break me. I would, I'd give away all my secrets if someone held me down and made me listen to Good Things Fall Apart by John Bellion. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the song. If I had to pick one, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I had no idea. Interesting question. Paul writes in. Um, Paul has a fun question. He says, save this question for February after the NFL season has ended. I will not, Paul. And maybe I'll revisit it because it is a fun question and I'll probably go back to this again. But he says, what players do you like that are flying under the radar who won't make the combine because they are going to smaller schools like Portland State University of the Big Sky Conference, San Jose of Mountain West Conference, Tulane of the ACC, Rutgers of the Big Ten, Ball State, the Mid-American Conference, etc. There have to be some hidden unmined golden nuggets, some hidden pro-potential players that aren't getting coverage because they are from weak football programs 
do you see anybody in these lower level programs that the NFL should be taking notice of? Thanks. Great podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, Zach. I know you said wait, but it's really funny. I actually didn't read that question very thoroughly. You literally mentioned Portland State. There is a guy named Charlie Tomapayow from, and I hope I'm getting his last. I just call him Charlie T because that's he's incredible. He's a tight end for Portland State University. He is an NFL tight end. Oh my gosh, he is physically so gifted. He's a receiving tight end beast. Uh, I think a team like the San Francisco 49ers could use him exactly like they use Kyle Juszczyk. He's great. He's really, really good. Um, and if he's, if Charlie Tamapeo, I hope I'm saying, it's, I'm just going to call him Charlie T. If he does the work in the weight room and does the work with the little like route running and understanding the game and learning the playbook, man, he could be a fantastic receiving tight end. It's a huge shame if someone can't find Charlie T out of Portland State get him on the field and use his physical ability. He's an incredible, incredibly gifted, talented tight end. Uh, look up Charlie T. Portland State. The dude can ball. His highlights are incredible. He makes Division One defenses look silly. He outruns them. He had a touchdown, a long touchdown against the University of Oregon. Like He is an incredibly gifted tight end. I have no idea how he fell to Portland State. But Charlie Tomapayao, God, I hope his name, I, I'm probably saying his name, butchering it. Charlie, you're an incredible receiver, or an incredible tight end, really. I hope you work your butt off because you could be an incredible NFL tight end. And if you haven't heard of Charlie T out of Portland State, look him up. He's an incredible, incredibly gifted tight end. Okay, Camden writes in. Camden says this. He says, Dear Zach, wow, very formal. <laughs> You now have the ability to go back in time and erase one quarterback prospect take you made in the past. Whose take would you remove? Either too high or too low, uh, if up to it both on somebody. I'd personally say Josh Rosen. I want to say, I want to believe he can still be something great, but nothing he's shown has shown that. Um, okay, the reality is I wouldn't go back and change anything. Uh, my Lamar Jackson takes are really embarrassing. Like, they're bad. They're very, very bad. They're two years ago. I made a video about it, actually, explaining, like, here's why I was so wrong. It's it's embarrassing. It's unfortunate. Um, but I would never erase any take because it's your, your history and your past is what made you today. I mean, like, if you go to my Instagram, I almost never delete Instagram pictures because it's like a it's like a time capsule. Like, all the old past, the good, the bad, all of it makes you who you are today. And so... It has value. And so even my old dumb takes are important because they got me here and they taught me lessons and I learned from them and I pay attention and try to admit when I'm wrong. And so there's not a single take from the past I would delete. Maybe the dumbest one I ever said was I, I like jumped on the train that Lamar Jackson shouldn't play quarterback. His strength is running the ball. Like that's just stupid, obviously. Um, and I've already talked about this, but man, I was so, <laughs> I was so wrong about Lamar Jackson. It's embarrassing. It hurts. Um, but look, um, nobody's ever done what Lamar Jackson has done, which is run the ball for 1,000 yards and throw the ball for 3,000 yards. He's great. Uh, Lamar Jackson's really proved me and a lot of people wrong. Um, and the truth is I didn't do my research back then the same way I do now. So I think I wonder if I would have done film analysis videos and watched more tape and stopped listening to the... I don't listen to the mainstream media at all anymore. I wonder if I had formed my own opinion about Lamar Jackson, what I would have thought of him. Because I do that now. Um, and, and maybe someday I'll go back and watch Lamar Jackson film and we can find out, hey, did what he do, did in college, did he get way better? Was there, were there signs that he can make it happen in the NFL? Like, what did I miss? Uh, that'd be a fun video maybe someday. But for now, like, I, I just was wrong about Lamar Jackson. Another guy I think I should have been more uh, open-minded about, though, is Josh Allen. 
he is it's unprecedented the way that Josh Allen got more accurate in the NFL. Like, why can't Dak Prescott do that? Dak Prescott, to some degree, did. But if Josh Allen just dramatically improved from year one to year two, last year to this year. I want that kind of jump for Dak Prescott because Josh Allen uh, is, is just throwing the ball incredibly well, incredibly accurate this year. Uh, on the run, I mean, his, physically, his mechanics are so much better. And, uh, you know, all my analysis videos, and I didn't make analysis videos, but all my thoughts and my, my hot takes at the time, because I used to make hot takes, and the people like get mad at me, they're like, it's strong opinion sports, and I think they, they misinterpret strong with controversial. I don't make controversial videos. I think sometimes the strong statement is to be um, the boring guy, because sometimes the answer, I try to be honest, and honest to me is strength, and so... Um, like here's a great example is the Cleveland Browns. Is their job attractive? Kind of and kind of not. Like there's not a clear black and white answer there. There are some angles you can look at with the Cleveland Browns head coaching job that make it attractive and some angles you can look at it and make it bad. There's not a black and white answer there. So I'm not going to pretend there is. I'm not going to make that bold, that, that hard controversial statement. I'll just say, hey, the truth is it's somewhere in the middle, like a lot of things in life. And I think strength is honesty. And so Strong opinion sports has become honest, and, I, and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I don't, I don't go into hot takes anymore. And when I have a take that I, I think is strong and uh, maybe more controversial, I say it because that's who I am, but um, I don't think strength necessarily means controversy, and so I don't do that anymore. Um, my old takes in the, 2019, in the 2018 NFL draft class were just hot takes, and they were me trying to be like other people in the media, and that wasn't me, and it didn't work very well, and I was wrong a lot. But if you look at my 2019 quarterback draft class, my approach was much different. I did film analysis videos. I did way more research. I, I just was more prepared and had more, more research went a long way, um, more reliant on film. And so I'm really proud of my 2019 draft class film analysis videos and my analysis and my takes of all those quarterbacks. And I was spot on, like tremendously right about a lot of that. Uh, write about Ryan Finley, write about Will Greer, write about Gardner Minshew, write about Daniel Jones, write about Dwayne Haskins, write about Kyler Murray, like, you name it, I nailed it. I even got it right about Tyree Jackson, who wasn't even drafted, like, bam, bam, film analysis works, it, it makes a lot of sense, I'm really proud of that, and so um, I think I set a new personal standard in 2019 with the way I covered that draft class and with quarterbacks, and uh, I'm, I, maybe I'll get something wrong, I'm sure I'll get something wrong in the 2020 NFL draft class, and I'll own that and live with it, but um, I think... 2019 is my proudest moment as a broadcaster, that draft class, that quarterback draft class, because I nailed it. I was so right in so many ways, and uh, it just goes to show that asking what does the film say is probably the most important question anybody can ask, and i got to lean more into film analysis videos this offseason and do a lot more with that because it works really, really well. So Camden, I hope I answered your question. It was really, really long, but I enjoyed that segment. Uh, good for me. I, I, I just, thank you for the question. It was great. Um, Josh writes in, Josh says, Hey, Zach. Do you think baby Yoda could be more powerful than the real Yoda? Just wondering. No, 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 Josh, no. Um, I ask you this question. Use logic. What creature is more powerful as a child than as an adult? I can't think of any. Like, I, I just simply, the logic's wrong. Josh, you're wrong. Even to ask a question. Silly, bad question. No biscuit. Um, <laughs> I also got to say, I haven't watched The Mandalorian. Uh, I was going to watch it with my ex-girlfriend. She broke up with me, so I have no one to watch it with. <laughs> I, I, I will someday. It's kind of painful, but I, I, at some point I want to watch The Mandalorian. I hear it's phenomenal. Um, I'll watch it maybe with my dad. That'd be fun. Um, but at some point I'll watch The Mandalorian. I, I want to sit. I, I have no idea. I keep seeing Baby Yoda memes. I haven't watched the show at all, so I have no idea. 
but thank God, you know, Disney Plus gives out a free trial. Use the free trial, watch the show in like three days, unsubscribe from the free trial. No, and didn't even lose any money. I have no interest in Disney Plus, but I want to watch The Mandalorian, and so that's what I'll do, and that's what will happen. Okay, Adam writes in. We're banging through these really, really fast. Adam writes in about the Atlanta Falcons. He says, hey, Zach, so the Falcons have been recently announced that so the Falcons have recently announced that they will be retaining Dan Quinn for another season. And my question for you is, do you think this is the right move? And do you believe that any other coach on that maybe the hot seat next year should be retained going into next year? Have a great 2020. Adam, I don't mind the Falcons keeping their head coach Dan Quinn around. They had a bad year this year, but a lot of factors played into their struggles. I mean, first of all, they had two rookies on the offensive line. That's a huge hindrance that held them back and set them back a lot because those rookie offensive linemen were playing catch-up. And then they had multiple injuries, and they didn't have a lot of talent on defense at all. And so um, what I thought was telling and really, really cool about the Atlanta Falcons this year is that when their backs were against the wall and their coach was at risk of being fired and nobody believed in them and it was was really their worst moment of the year— the Falcons fought back, and they fought hard for the coach. They ended up beating the San Francisco 49ers. I remember talking about that. I was in Cincinnati when that happened. It was awesome. And it seemed like the team rallied around Dan Quinn and said, we want him to stay. We like our head coach. We believe in him. We have work to do. We know we got to be better, but we want Dan Quinn to stick around. And so I have no problem with the Atlanta Falcons giving him a second final chance. I mean, look, if week eight next year, Dan Quinn isn't working, fine. Walk away, get rid of him. But for now, like, Dan Quinn went to a Super Bowl at one point. He had one bad year. Uh, I think he can still—I don't think he became a bum overnight. He had a really bad year. He had a lot of setbacks. He had a lot of, a lot of things go wrong for the Atlanta Falcons. And so I, I have no problem with the Falcons keeping him. Uh, I think that one of the—there's a phrase my dad always tells me. He says, you know, hire slow, fire fast. And for the most part, I agree. Like, don't be afraid to get rid of somebody if they're not working. Mitchell Trubisky's not working for the Chicago Bears. Fire fast. Get out of there. But then look at the options that the Atlanta Falcons have. If they fire Dan Quinn, who's next? Who's going to take over the Atlanta Falcons job? I'm waiting. I don't know. Jason Garrett? Like, no way. Well, let's hire Freddie Kitchens to be the Browns head coach. Or, excuse me, the the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Because Freddie Kitchens or Jason Garrett are so great. Like, Dan Quinn has won before. He went to a Super Bowl. And so... Um, I have no problem with the Falcons saying, hey, you're on a short leash. You better win soon. But we're going to give you a little bit more time. Fair enough. No problem with that. And we'll see what the Falcons can do in the future. Okay, uh, the next question is from Devinator. That's an interesting one, Devinator. It's very, uh, I don't know what to make of this. It's just just interesting. uh, Devinator writes in, he says, hello, Zach. My question for you is, what do you think about professional athletes playing on holidays such as Christmas or Thanksgiving. I talked to my family a bit about it, and a lot of people I know say that they should have the time to spend with their families. But I say if you're going to pay someone millions upon millions of dollars, then they can always have time in the off-season. Thoughts? Thanks. Um, look, when it's time to work, you got to work. I don't care if it's Christmas or New Year's. I don't care. Uh, if you're an NFL player or a professional athlete and your game is that day, play in your game. Uh, my family had four different Christmas days this year. I had uh, my best friend's family Christmas. I had Christmas Christmas with my dad, Christmas with my other family. Which I, I'm kind of adopted into another family. I had Christmas with my mom, 
four different days and I got to spend time with all the people in my life. My point is this. It doesn't matter what day you celebrate a holiday on. It matters that you spend time with your family on any day you can. And so I, I don't have any real... I don't feel bad for NFL players that are like, I have to play on Thanksgiving. Like, oh no, have Thanksgiving on Wednesday or Friday, the day after. Not a huge deal. And I think, honestly, I'd rather have it on Friday after the game. You're all tired, beat up. Give me some gravy, some turkey, some uh, some mashed potatoes, and I'm happy. So, um, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any sympathy really for people that complain about having to play and work on holidays. Like when it's time to work, you go to work. That's how the job works. That's how any job works, especially when you're getting paid a ton of money. Got no problem with that. Um, I have one more question. It's not going to land well because I'm going to read it next episode because I'm I'm wearing the wrong shirt. This is my shirt that makes it look even. The background, this is a question about the background, and I want to answer it at some point because it is, I got a lot to say about the background. By the way, I like the background. I don't even care. Like, the point of the show is what I'm saying, not how it looks. And so um, we'll do it next episode. We'll talk about, I want to wear the green shirt for that because at least it'll look a little better. I know that my, my green shirt was dirty, and I had to wear the blue shirt today. Um, and it looks really bad because it's black on blue and then I'm like very light colored and it just, it does not, it's the contrasting colors are terrible and I kind of blend into the background. Don't care. The point is what I'm saying. Not a lot of people just listen to this show. So, uh, I don't know. I put it in my, even, even when I, when I watch podcasts on YouTube, I still don't really watch them. I just play them on my phone in the background. Um, well, we'll, we'll read it next question. We'll read it next episode of Ask Zach. I'm doing a second one later this week. I feel bad. I didn't do one last week. Uh, I've been horribly depressed, like horribly depressed. And I can own that. Uh, there was a, a mo- like four days in a row last week where I, God, I hate to admit this. I, I couldn't do anything. I just was useless and I couldn't write and I had a headache and I was just sad and I was crying and I was a mess and I just, just a gigantic, gigantic mess. And so um, my life's getting way better. I'm moving forward. Uh, it's awesome. I'm really working on myself and trying to just enjoy my life. And so I'm going to see Gardner Minshew getting an RV and going across country. I'm like, Dude, that's awesome. And I got to go on more trips by myself and I'm learning how to enjoy time by myself. And I'm going to a movie tonight. I'm going to see um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler tonight by myself. I'm going to enjoy my company of myself and just learning to be happy alone is a big deal to me. I'm working on that. Uh, That leads me into this. If you're struggling, please go get help. Uh, I went and got help recently. It's been really helping me. Um, Nearly four years ago, my younger brother took his life. And it was heartbreaking. It's the worst thing I've ever been through. And I learned two really painful lessons through that. Number one, if you're struggling, tell somebody. Go get help. Don't suffer in silence. Don't keep your secrets to yourself. Go get help and go talk about your problems with somebody. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. That is the suicide hotline. It's really important. Don't do what my brother did. I don't want you to commit suicide. If you're out there listening to the show, I love you. I care about you. I passionately want you to be on planet Earth. Don't do what my brother did. It's terrible. It's miserable. It doesn't solve your problems. I really desperately am begging you, don't commit suicide. Um, and the other thing I learned from my brother's death is that I didn't make it clear enough to him, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. If you want to talk, we can talk. And I didn't do a good enough job reaching out to my brother and making it clear to him that I was there for him, that I loved him. And that we could have harder conversations about things that weren't movies or sports or video games. And so um, I feel sad about that. And if I could go back in time, I'd do a better job making it clear to my brother, I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you. And if you need me, I can help you and I want to help you. And so make sure the people in your life know how much you love them, how much you care about them. And don't be afraid to have maybe more uncomfortable conversations with a little more depth. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I am 
I'm pumped. Uh, it's going to be a huge week of content. I'm making, I have three podcasts, like Strong Opinion Sports, the Flawed Humans podcast, and then a podcast with my stepmom about dating coming out. Bizarre. Wild. Cool. If you want to hear Zach Schaumler talking to a mic, uh, third person, kind of weird. Uh, got a lot of stuff coming this week. A lot of sports stuff. I'm working on Jacob Eason film analysis video. Drew Locke. Uh, we'll talk about Tua going to the NFL. We'll talk about Mike McCarthy getting hired by the Cowboys. We'll preview the weekend. We have so many sports things coming up ahead. I want to talk about Darren Sproles' retirement. You do a talk back honoring him. I want to honor Jalen Hurts. Uh, he, he's leaving uh, college football. His college football career is over. We'll do a segment telling his story and honoring him. we got a lot of stuff ahead, guys. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm excited for this week. It's Monday night. I'm going to go watch Uncut Gems tonight. Hope you have a great night. And uh, ba-dum-bum. Bam, we are done.